those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the Pickup app today. That's PKUP and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. It's post the opening round of 2022, Eastern Creek, Sydney Motorsport Park to most. Now, while Craig was there, I was watching from afar. But, Craig, it was a fascinating event. And, in fact, there are a number of things that showed up that we probably saw as early form runners, early form signs, that some of the things that we forecast this season are already showing up, i.e. the speed of both Walkinshaw, Jazz Mostert, and the continuing pace of both the Triple Eight and the Erebus Motorsport cars. It was uh, fascinating to see from a distance, even more so for you. Saturday night was not the most exciting supercar race you'd ever see, but Shane Van Gisbergen certainly put a dominant start to the season. Chaz Mostert, of course, got two trophies over the course of the weekend and leads the points from Anton Di Pasquale. So they're important things because you have Walkinshaws and DJR right up there along with Erebus. Well, Tony, let's start our garage pass with Ryan Walkinshaw, the winning team owner. And we talked about going back to Sydney Motorsport Park and what getting off to such a good start of the season means for him, the team, and Chas Mostert, particularly considering what happened last year at the four races there. And we're a bit hit or miss. In fact, we probably missed a few more than we hit. So, um, you know, we're a little bit, uh, we're a little bit uh, concerned that coming here after Newcastle got postponed, that you know it's just going to be a tough weekend for us. Um, but then again, we thought it was an opportunity that maybe everything we've been learning over the last uh, sort of four or five months is, um, you know, it's an opportunity to try and uh, show and put that into practice what we uh, what we've been doing to the car. And um, yeah, fortunately, it's been a, a pretty good weekend. Um, a real shame for Nick because he you know, has some good car pace, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, had him up there, he probably would have been not far behind Chaz today as well. Um, but obviously had an incident with, with Scott Pye. But, you know, for Car 25, fantastic effort all weekend. Great call and strategy from uh, Adam DeBore. But mo- most importantly, the car was fast. Um, so, yeah, it's encouraging. The work you did over the off-season with the changes in the team and the team structure, the development work has been uh, extremely productive too, based on the feedback from the two drivers. Yeah, you know, it's it's you're never going to get perfect race cars, but um, you know, a lot of hard work has gone into it, and um, as I said, it's good to come here at a track we normally struggle at, and uh, you know, get some trophies. So um, yeah, very happy so far. When you look at the overall picture, you start off the year with a car leading the championship. Obviously, a team's championship is high on the agenda, but do you also have to have a mind for what 2023 has and how to balance off? going for broke this year over what you need to do to prepare for next year? Oh, no, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be working both in tandem once we uh, get the information and, uh, and decide, you know, which uh, what we're doing for next year. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're focusing, we're just taking one event at a time, focusing on ourselves, and uh, hopefully if we continue doing that, the results will follow. 
and off to a few other tracks where you do have good data and good uh, results over the years. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, at the same time, uh, I don't think you can put too much value in, in how well someone does at the track last year to this year. Everyone's working really, really hard. Everyone's really, really competitive. Everyone else down pit lane will have been doing lots of development as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, an interesting season. And for opening up a borders and travel, how does that affect what the team does? And we've, we've been so insular, like teams are doing ride days again and, and those sorts of things that make the partnerships, which is all part of funding a team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really nice for me because I can actually travel in and out of Australia again. So um, it's great the international borders have opened, but the state borders opening up as well is obviously great. And I think most importantly is being able to get fans back at events. And uh, hopefully that continues because, you know, not having the fans here, um, you know, just uh, it's, it's a pretty sour atmosphere. Um, you know, we want to go and race in front of fans and we want the fans to be able to join, uh, enjoy our product and, and engage with us. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy we're, we're here, able to move around and the fans are able to come and join us. What's Ryan Walkinshaw like when he can't make all the moves that he needs to do and be in the places he wants to be. Uh, pretty bloody grumpy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, a win makes you happy, and uh, yeah. it was a very, very solid performance from the whole team. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. Well, Jamie Winkup, weekend one in a different role. How does it feel? Um, feels good. Feels good. Well, I think we, we there's only two teams in pit lane that uh, got a win this weekend, and we were one of them, so um, we're very grateful for that. Um, we didn't quite maximise today. We made too many mistakes, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go away happy. How do you feel? standing in the garage and watching it all going on around and not potential not having the same level of input that you had three months four months ago yeah it's, it's different you know and changes as good as a holiday as i keep saying so um I was, I was lucky enough to be a driver for 18 years decided to uh it was time for change and i feel like i made the right decision the sleepless nights with a new bub how's all that going would that have made a big impact to the driving yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure but i'm um yeah i'm enjoying the join the, the family side of things um enjoying the change in life yeah yeah like right at the, right at um you know in the last couple of years i think everyone sort of had a bit of a bit of a reflection on life and uh, and made some changes and i'm there's, there's more changes in my life than i've ever had so and uh, and to be honest, I'm, I'm enjoying it it's it's fantastic is it nine to five that you didn't have before because you had businesses you were looking after a number of different interests and yeah. and you yeah, know yeah, yeah, they yeah. were certainly not trivial pursuits yeah, yeah is it significantly different to that uh the head is different it is different i wouldn't say significantly different um no it's just a matter there's there's a there's a lot to do and it's a matter of just maximizing the time you've got to to fit everything in you know and that includes um that includes family time and, and personal life also, but um, it's busy. My life's busy. I don't like my social life's pretty ordinary at the moment. It's it's all uh, it's all making sure that um, this this team operates at a, a very high level. Um, so um, yeah, no, no, I'm enjoying enjoying the balance. And the man person management that your role now is that something that comes naturally to you? It does for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm a big part of this business, been a big part of it for a long time. The, most of the people here are family to me, so I'm um, looking forward to working together for a long time to come. Like you said, a trophy out of the weekend, but you're a perfectionist. Yeah. How many items are you going to be working through in between now and Tassie? Yeah, we, we made a list for ourselves today, unfortunately. Yesterday was fantastic, but we made a list for ourselves today, so we'll, we'll do what we always do and debrief well and make sure we come out stronger in a few weeks' time. And the decision to put Brock in the car, vindicated after the first weekend? Oh, I think he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Top, top 10 yesterday, 
Um, battled pretty hard in the race there, which was nice to see. You know, it's nice to see him giving it, giving it a little bit back here and there. Uh, he gained a heap of experience with, you know, good 600 k's of racing, didn't he? Uh, he got, got every race mile out. So, um, no, I think he did a great job. Well, all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you. George Commons, second place on Sunday and good speed from the Boost Mobile powered by Erebus team throughout the weekend across both cars. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we sort of picked up where we left off, which is what we were aiming to do. Uh, we actually went in a sort of different direction again today and that paid out quite well for both the wet and the dry. So, and we, you know, much better in the wet this year than what we were last year. That was certainly a weakness for us here. So we improved that a lot as well. So yeah, overall pretty happy. I'm very happy. What do you uh, and Brody talk about? Because Brody, of course, he wanted that win pole position. How do you talk him and uh, to him about that? and about the other things you achieved, even if you didn't get the first place trophy? Well, yeah, I mean, we look at what we did well and then, you know, what we should have done to, to get that, that last place to, to get the win. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a victim of circumstance, really, in some ways, but, you know, we still could have had a little bit more pace in the wet, probably, which could have then challenged him. Um, we were quicker than everybody behind, but unfortunately, Chose just had an edge on us in the wet as well. So, you know, we'll just keep, keep trying to find a little bit more, I suppose. For someone who's watching supercars and you have this weather and these differences in weather how much is this previous knowledge and just experience on when to go to wets when to stay on dries and how much is it just dumb luck on how things play out uh, it's definitely the the wet to dry call or sorry the dry to wet call is very much experience but also very much on the part of the driver it's typically the driver has the call dry dry to wet and the engineers have the call from wet to dry is how you how it normally plays so you keep the driver updated with what times people are doing and then give them the option to pit and then when they think it's too wet they come in and so we played it we played it well today we probably could have afforded to do one more lap but i don't think it would have changed things much in the, in the scheme of it and when it came down to a yellow flag with a handful of laps you would have been backing your guy knowing his experience and he's done a lot of restarts when he was racing speedway no, that's right. Yeah, I thought we were in with a good shout, but um, yeah, I just managed to edge away a little bit on that first lap and then, then go off into the distance. So, unfortunately, that was up. To Tassie now, what uh, what do you, what's your confidence level and based on experience, what's your thoughts on that prep? Um, yeah, Tassie's a very strange track because it's only really got left-hand corners and there's only three of them. So, it's quite an odd place to set a car up for. So, I mean, we learned a few things last year when it was very early in our sort of time together. So, I think we'll be able to, to pick up with a lot better or start out with a lot better base package than what we had there last year and yeah, hopefully have a good result again. On Saturday night, did you get any sort of read on the blue tyre and what that super soft might do? Uh, we did. I mean, there was certainly there was one car in particular that had very low degradation on it and all the rest of us had the same sort of deg. So, um, but you know, it, it's all based around the balance of what you've got and the better the balance, the lower the deg. And so that's what we worked on and we've made it a lot better today. Well, all the best and uh, congratulations. Bit of silverware and beer tastes sweeter when there's that involved. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. Peter Sabiris, you've had your first first day, night, race day as a team owner. How does it feel? Uh, yeah, probably better than I expected. Um, I sort of didn't really know 100% what to expect, but, um, yeah, you know, at times it, it seemed like we were lacking a bit, little bit of pace, and then other times, um, you know, especially Gary, he, he was... He seemed to be as quick as anyone else out there. So I think I think we learn a lot. I think we we, we sort of, um, you know, I think, as I kept on saying, this is going to be a learning year. And 
I don't think we embarrassed ourselves first round. So uh, if we can be, build on this, I think it's sort of upwards and onwards. And yeah, when you look at what you've presented on track and then how you've performed, it's it's a, a fascinating uh, situation. Zero time. It costs money when you've got zero time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's always seems to be you do it the hard way. Oh, definitely. Like um, you know. I wish I had six months, not six weeks. If, you know, but it is what it is, and and you know we, we signed up for the for the challenge, and I think for, for the fact that you know we we turned up, I think we're well presented. We've got some awesome sponsors. You know, the cars look sharp. Um, I got a fantastic crew here. They're just you know they're just working hard and they look great. Um, yeah, no, I think we've ticked a lot of boxes. What do you do tonight? Because I know that. I knew I'd find you in the garage at the end of the meeting because that's what drag racers do. They sit down, they analyse their performance and then they take it on to the next day in the workshop. What do you do now to see the overall up at that high level will make the team run smoother tomorrow? Yeah, look, whilst... Whilst the the event is still fresh in everyone's mind, we'll we'll get together after. You know, we we're going to go through the cars now and give them a good clean and a good going over. But before we go home, now we'll all, we'll all sit down as a team, and we'll we'll all the little things that you, that you thought of and speak to the drivers, speak to the engineers, um, and we'll just analyse it and pick it. You know, we'll pick the good and we'll pick the bad, and and uh, hopefully we can we can work on 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 the bad stuff and. Um, Hopefully that will result result in you know better qualifying, which which I think helps in in the race. So, is there a significant difference to the way you have to organise a supercar team to the way you organise all your other racing enterprises? Oh, it is different. Yeah, it's 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 two different animals. Yeah, um, this it, it, it's sort of hard to explain the differences, um, but. Yeah, there is differences. One difference is you sit around for three days and only do about the same amount of racing as you do at the drag track. <laughs> yeah, pretty, you're pretty right there, actually, yeah. <laughs> well, Peter, congratulations. It's a big enterprise and it's uh, launched very well tonight. Yeah, no, look, I think I think we can hold our head up. Um, I think we did well. I think, you know, I think we, we, we could have done a lot worse and I'm sure we could have done a lot better. So, uh, no, I think I think it was, a, it was a great start and something to build on and hopefully uh, we can only do better from here. Look forward to catching up with you throughout the year. Thank you very much. It should be said he was the quiet achiever all weekend. Will Davison is now fifth in the points after, you know, he didn't set the world alight. He made mistakes in his qualifying lap, but... He's up there, and that's where you need to be. Tickford's in an interesting position because Cameron Waters is their lead driver, and he got through to being sixth at the end of the weekend. But, gee, the rest of the team. Thomas Randall, 17th. James Courtney, 12th. And then you have uh, Jake Kostecki in 21st. That's not where they would be hoping to have a four-car team. No, indeed not. In fact, Cameron Waters from Saturday to Sunday, he showed that recovery that they did show in Townsville last year and that, uh, you know, Cameron certainly lost none of his zeal or zest or enthusiasm for the job, um, but uh, they clearly have got more work to do on whether it's both their dry and wet pace. Um, there are a couple of other disappointing ones. 
Um, first of all, I'll touch on Team 18. Promised a bit, but unfortunately when the push came to shove, just didn't have the outright speed for either one at Winterbottom or Scott Pye, who did suffer steering damage on Saturday and then on Sunday, just not quite there. So it's uh, it's an interesting year um, and one where clearly it is going to be as competitive as we've ever seen it. Uh, I, I wanted to make note of one particular facet that uh, there was a dramatic change from last year, of course, and that is for the first time in some 18 years, I think it is, uh, Jamie Wincup was not in a race car. He was standing in the garage and as a uh, team manager, owner, principal, CEO, all those things, he is certainly doing a great job because he has asked his mentor, Mr. Dane, by quite a bit because it took a couple of years for Dane to get the first win on the board for Triple Eight, whereas Jamie, in, the, in his role, has now done it at his debut meeting. Debut meeting as him standing in the garage with Brock Feeney, his replacement in Car 88. So that's quite an achievement for Jamie. They did have things, small things, a, a wheel not properly fixed on uh, uh, um, Shane's car on the Sunday race. Fortunately, they dodged a bullet and didn't get the penalty. Um, but overall, they are certainly uh, still there with their speed. Brock Feeney did an excellent job over the weekend and certainly showed substantial reasons to why he got Jamie Wincup's old chair. Um, as we've mentioned, the Erebus cars were particularly good. Both cars uh, showing great speed and great pace, while uh, Will... Didn't qualify well on Sunday. Boy, did he show great speed and recovery on the Sunday. Um, as did the uh, Andre Heimgartner in the Brad Jones car. Motor time, excellent speed. They did have a small cup on fuel, I understand, on the Saturday race, which dropped them four or five places. But overall, certainly Ray uh, has well justified in uh, moving to Brad Jones. He'll be doing well there. Matt Stones, they were another team that has had a big change with the return of Todd Hazelwood and the move from uh, Tickford by uh, Jack LeBrock. Um, they rolled the dice on Jack on a Sunday. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off and he got swamped at the end, but uh, it was a, a good you know, showing anyway because of the wet uh, weather, dry weather changes. It was uh, interesting to be and see but I imagine that being there yourself was far better for you, Craig. Oh, it's always interesting to be at the track and to, to talk to people, get a read on the lay of the land. And as you heard from some of the people in the interviews today, they had, um, well, a number of different stories to tell. What did you think, Tony, of Peter Sabiris's uh, debut Weekend with the uh, Premier Racing team. Look, it, it certainly they haven't lost any of the form because unfortunately they didn't have it. They uh, did a competent job and certainly they will improve, I'm certain, as the year goes on because Zabiris and his team in drag racing have certainly been very successful. I imagine for one, for a not for one second will uh, they walk away from the challenge of getting their cars up to speed. You spoke to Peter. He uh, seems like a, a fairly determined man. Yes, and you could you could really take that away from the interview we heard. 
other things of note in uh, the weekend, Craig, um, I, I thought it was terrific to uh, to see Grove get a bit of a result with Lee um, on the uh, Sunday race. They didn't go so well on Saturday with him, but Dave Reynolds did a good recovery. Um, and I think that once they've got uh, their uh, chairs well and truly under the table and their feet underneath, that they'll uh, be putting on better results as the years go on. Did you see anything much from them? They had a topsy-turvy weekend and uh, they were up and down for most of it. The interesting thing is what's going on in the... um, in the, the legal stoush between Triple Eight and David Couchy, and whilst that's been uh, clearly stated as a personal matter or a matter for Couchy and Triple Eight, it does impact on the team and it has ramifications there. Speaking to Steve Grove, and, and you spoke to him at the test day, I spoke to him after Matt Payne had got onto the podium in the Super 2s, up in the Super 2 pit area, and he was saying that uh, whilst he's a busy man normally, he's going to be even more busy because he's been invited to join the board as an observer for uh, the uh, season. So the board consisting of Barclay Netafold, who was at the uh, event, Mark Scaife, John McClellan, Barry Rogers, and Steve McCaw from Henslow. And then you've got Ryan Walkinshaw and now Stephen Grove, both looking as observers, as team observers, and I'm sure you would agree that's a very sensible choice when you consider their backgrounds. Indeed, and it's terrific to see these two gentlemen who are new to these positions, of course, and obviously it's a whole new world because no longer do the teams own the championship. It's now owned by the race consortium. But both Stephen Grove and Ryan Walkinshaw have very different business experience, but both can add an enormous amount and bring that perspective that the rest of the board will need to have a team perspective on, gee, we think this would be good if this happened and that happened. So I think it's terrific, and I think it bodes well for a very strong year. But by crikey, we're going to be having to uh, make sure we watch every minute of it because it's all changing so rapidly. I thought as an opening round, it was excellent, a very different one to uh, 2021 or any previous years. But And boy, those 300 days races seem to pay their toll on quite a few of the uh, drivers. Yeah, the drivers were playing down the distance uh, to uh, extent, but it was the furthest we've seen drivers go in a single car race, remembering that the other time there was a 300k race, it was a, a dual driver race at the Gold Coast. So all of them seem to handle it well. I know uh, there were, were some cool suit issues. Either they didn't wear a cool suit or their cool suit clogged up, which uh, didn't help their cause. And it, it was interesting because the cool suit wasn't there for the heat, it was there for the humidity. And uh, drivers did say that the night race, although it wasn't raining, was quite difficult. One thing I think you can take out of this weekend, Tony, is you can definitely say supercars need to start with a a bang. They need to start with a big event because it felt very flat. And with the news of Shane Warne's passing coming in Saturday morning, you weren't getting much traction on a Saturday on what your series was doing. Now, that doesn't happen every year, but 
it, what it has highlighted is you've got to start the year with a big bang. Indeed, and uh, it'll be only next weekend that the Adelaide, South Australian election is on, uh, the 19th of March, and uh, boy, there'll be a lot of people around the country uh, hoping like hell the Labor Party get back up in, in Adelaide and that uh, the event's back on because they have uh, done a mini schedule as such to say that if the Labor Party gets in power in South Australia, then the Adelaide 500 will be back on in 2022. Well, obviously that's dependent on a, a lot of little pegs falling in the right holes, but we'll watch that with interest. Uh, all in all, um, it was certainly worthwhile TV watching, and the sad news is, of course, that those people who rely on uh, free-to-air will be now saying goodbye for a few months because uh, Tasmania and Perth and maybe other events will not be on air. It'll have to rely on a Fox or a KO subscription to uh, watch those events. But it'll be good to see anyway when uh, it does return to free to air. And that's it for Inside Supercars this week. Join us again next week where we'll have more in the world of supercars inside and out. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.